It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at TeachHoops.com. For coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 489, part one. Today we're going to talk to Jason. Um, I was supposed to be talking in a clinic in North Carolina, so we'll refer to that, but um, some things came up with my volleyball team and my son's um, official visits, so uh, I had to postpone it, but it was great to talk to Jason um, and talk hoops, so it's going to be part one of two parts. Uh, but before we dive into that, two things, go over and check out Dr. Dish. Uh, Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $300 off. You, we all want our teams to become better shooters. Second thing is go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, and like I've said before, you know we expect our players to work on their craft. Why are you not working on yours? Let me help you become a better basketball coach. So go over and check it out, and let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Let's make, make sure that my volume is good there. Um, all right, Coach, I'm going to have you now. You, where do you live right now? I actually am uh, living in Council Grove, Kansas. Kansas, and you're in Iowa. Are you? And you're from Iowa, correct? I'm actually originally from Illinois. Illinois, okay, Illinois. Um, so tell us about your basketball journey, Coach, and just kind of share to all the listeners kind of your basketball journey, and then uh, we'll go from there. Uh, well, I started playing at a young age and, and just fell in love with the sport, uh, fell in love probably more so with the competitive part of it. Um, and, uh, throughout middle school and high school, um, you know, I was from a small town and, and it was one of those situations where, um, you had some great experiences with friends, but not always great experiences with coaches. If, you know, you, if your parents weren't kind of into that right whole side scene, um, which has really affected me, you know, later on, which we can talk about. But um, the uh, when I got to college, I really wanted to still keep with basketball, uh, though I wasn't good enough to play. So I ended up being a manager uh, for the University of Northern Iowa men's basketball team. Uh, okay, who was the head coach? Greg McDermott. Okay. Yep. And um, and learned a lot from him, and and actually learned a lot about the importance of everybody. Um, because, you know, he really took his managers very seriously. 
uh, and the and the treatment from the players to the managers very seriously. So I thought that was, you know, always very unique and, and something that I picked up. But uh, did that for about a year and a half and got called by a local high school. Did, before we leave that, before we leave that tidbit, do you okay. did you do you feel like you learned? Um, obviously the manager thing. And I do that. I do that a lot with my players too. Cause sometimes I, they, I think they forget how their jerseys get hung in the, um, in the, in their lockers. But um, did you learn any specific X and O things or did you learn anything basketball wise that you could share with our audience? Oh, is that me? That was you, I think. Okay. Um, did I you might... learn anything from, did you learn anything from coach? Um, yeah, I mean, yes, obviously, you know, when you talk about like offensively and defensively, the guy, the guy's, in my opinion, one of the most underrated coaches in the nation in terms of X's and O's Okay, uh, it came down to, um, you know, what I learned as a person, the guy really cares about his players. Okay. Uh, really cares about, you know, things like graduation really cares about connecting with their lives outside of basketball. And that was something that I really take to heart with my kids. I go to a lot of events um, on my own time just to show, I guess, right. the support. And that was, that was always important to me. Okay. So then after a year and a half, a high school coach, high school uh, called, I always try to rate up the college coaches. That's always a good place. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, they called and, and I had a freshman girls job opening and um, it was interesting because after I accepted it, they let me know, you know, this was maybe the group that struggled the most they've ever seen. And they said, you're really going to have some, you know, trying times. I was like, Oh, great. Thanks. And, okay. and I took it as a challenge. And, and, you know, that was, that was a humbling experience because um, I, you know, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And right. uh, they, even though they explained it to me, like they were very lacking in talent to where we had to focus on a lot of things just to kind of keep them, you know, into it and involved and, and so uh, I always tell my players today, I, I'm pretty sure uh, some of them had some pretty rough roads after, after high school. And, and I always hate hearing that, but it was a, it was a pretty rough group, but I, I loved them just the same as I do even just my last right, group. Right. And I, well, and I think from a, from the people listening, uh, you, but you, but, but, but part of the coach you are now is part from like your journey. That's why I always have everybody start with their journey. Cause your journey is what, you know, your life's about, but it's also in your coaching journey. It's like every little piece helps build the, you know, your coaching journey and your coaching. It's not a resume, but it's like who you are as a coach, I think. Oh yeah. I think, I think through trial and error and anything, um, you learn a lot. And, right. <laughs> um, if you don't use those experiences to get better, um, you're only getting worse. Right. And yeah. And it's like, you don't get the head job cause you don't have any experience, but you're really not going to be a head coach until you become one. And you have to, ex you know, you can read all the books you want until you're actually thrown into the fire. It's a whole different ball game, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, uh, <laughs> but actually it was nice because it led me to, so that was while I was in college. I got to do that for three years. Okay. Uh, when I got my first teaching position, I got hired on at a school in Southwest Iowa uh, called Riverside High School uh, out of Oakland, Iowa. And I was an assistant coach there for a year. Um, and, you know, I, I learned a lot from that coach in terms of some, maybe some things not to do. Right. Um, he was very knowledgeable, but I, the kids really lacked discipline and things. Uh, and so that had to change. So luckily and, and thankfully, I was given the head coaching position the next year. Um, when he had stepped aside and uh, 
before that, um, when I was my first year there as an assistant and uh, graduated 90% of our scoring. Right. Uh, but we had a couple kids come in that were pretty good, you know, as freshmen and, and ended up leading us by the time they were seniors. But I coached there for about four years and then I've been in Council Grove here the last six. Um, but I, but both programs that I've been a part of as a head coach um, took some uh, rebuild, uh, whether right. it was from, you know, the wins and losses outlook, the discipline outlook, or, you know, maybe there were some other turmoils and things that were involved but it you know i'm i'm very thankful for both positions so that that leads into my first question is like what how has this kind of journey built your coaching philosophy well um the first time i ever even took a look at something like my coaching philosophy i got my masters from concordia university in irvine okay and they really had me sit down and, and really etch that out and you know you can go out there and say all the things and do all the things that you think are going to help you win but until you sit back and reflect on that. And so that was, that was a pretty valuable experience, but all of that experience has led me to um, really keep a controlled, disciplined, fundamental philosophy, um, no matter what gender you coach or what level you coach, because um, I mean, one, without the fundamentals, you're, <laughs> you're pretty sloppy, um, right. you know, but the other part, I think without discipline, um, you're sloppy in a lot more aspects than just your play. Right. And, and, and that's kind of always been just the backbone. Of- I, and, and from, from an old, from an old dog, you can't have the fun. You, my personal thing is you have to have that discipline first because you have to have their attention to be able to teach them the fundamentals. Um, you know, like one of my pet peeves is being late. We run everything on Lambo time, which is 15 minutes early. So if I say the meetings at four, you better be there at three forty-five, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and because I'm trying to teach them that, you know, everyone's time is valuable. My time's valuable. Your time's valuable. Um, but to be able to teach those fundamentals, I agree. You got to, you know, and to be in the books I've read, they want, they, I'm not talking about the screamer and the yell. I'm just talking about here are our, here's our expectations. Here's what we want from you. Um, they, they like, they, there's a comfort in that. It's almost like their blanket when they were little, they know that, this is when practice starts. This is how coach is going to do it. There's some discipline that I think was very important, especially for young coaches to know. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, I, I've been known, you know, as a yeller, certainly I'm not going to hide that fact, but it's one of those <laughs> things where, you know, I, I'm extremely passionate about, you know, the kids well being. I mean, you know, and I'm right. It's not like I, Oh, I watched that coach on TV and, and uh, they argued, so I'm going to argue or they yelled. So I'm going to yell. It's right. just kind of been a, I go with the flow of the game uh, kind of thing. And and there have been times where I've been able to uh, control that better and times that I haven't. And I think those are things, you know, when you talk about basketball journey that you just have to, you learn from and and you try to. Right. And and I think it changes according to groups. It changes according to, you know, where you're coaching, your community, all that stuff. Um, So how do you practice plan? Um, I honestly, I do it day by day. Uh, I know coaches that do it, you know, per week and, you know, really etch it out. But I, I really like to, uh, for a second time, cause my first time is always when I get home from practice, but for a second time in the next morning, I really like to digest things from the night before. What did I take from it? You know, what do we need to still improve on? What did we not get done? Um, cause I always over plan. That's just what yeah. I do. Um, that's the teacher in you probably, if it's a 50 minute class, you got to have like an hour and 10 because you never know. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And, and so, you know, when I practice plan, I've been able to sit down and just, I really try to work at, at each skill that I can try to implement into something. Uh, I always make it competitive uh, as much as we can. Um, and I even keep adding to that each year uh, when it comes to, you know, like drills and stuff that I've compiled over the years. I still can take a drill and even if it's not explained in my book, um, I'll change it up uh, for the team we have or the, or the right. team that we have to play kind of thing. So, so do, you, do you map out at the beginning of the year for specific opponents that you want to do or do you map out the year? Um, is there anything or is it day by day? I really, like I said, I really take it day by day. Um, you know, when it comes to, of course, there's always games. I think everybody circles on their calendar. Right. Um, but, you know, when it comes to uh, planning, I'm pretty, I'm pretty meticulous with my plan um, as much as I can down to the minute. Um, I, ironically, I don't put minutes on my practice schedule, but I can still, I know my kids well enough to where I know how long we can do something before it gets monotonous. Uh, you know, what and I'm how long is that? It honestly varies with the drill. I think that okay. um, I'm a, I love doing things based on quarter length. So, you know, at a high school level, you're playing eight minutes. So a lot of, a lot of times we'll throw a drill in there for, you know, it could be two, four minute sessions an eight minute session. I we play halves. Well, or yeah. And yeah. so like I, a couple that. of times um, I'll do 12 minute ones and tell them that, you know, it, we want to do everything at least half as well as a hundred percent of, you know, I right. try to explain it to them. And, and, um, that's, I mean, I've probably been known to run some of the same drills. I think every coach has kind of right. their favorites or whatever. Right. But, um, my favorites are the fundamentals. And, you know, sometimes I know that gets boring, but to me, that's what well, wins. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you think is the hardest thing to teach? Um, you know, I, I think, getting kids to understand that uh, the defensive end is, is maybe the most important part. Um, you know, everybody wants to walk into a gym and shoot. Nobody's going to put the ball down and, and work on defensive shuffling. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, and I always tell them, you know, there, if anybody can resonate with someone like Kobe Bryant, you know, they used to say that he would go two hours without touching a basketball and just work on defensive footwork. And, and those are things that, you know, you're not going to get a typical high school kid to do but getting them to understand how to anticipate that it's a, it's a, it's not even a science. They have to just be able to have that reading. Um, and some kids don't get that. And so trying to show them and get them to understand, you know, what we're looking for on that. Uh, Cause I'm heavy man to man. I love playing man to man in your face. You know, I don't let them talk back and forth, but uh, one of those things where, I think that's probably the most difficult thing is getting them to buy into the intensity that I want them to play. Right. And do you have anything that you do specifically to build intensity? Cause people ask that all the time. Uh, a lot of times just, you know, I'm, I'm coaching high school girls right now. And a lot of times just making it competitive uh, gets their, gets their fire going a little bit um, or giving them stipulations that I know is going to irritate them. You know, that's a, right. that's a heavy one too because well that's that's not going to happen in the game well hey everybody i hope you enjoyed that podcast make sure you subscribe and like make sure you leave a review down below um we really do appreciate those no matter where you listen go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better i know you want to become a better basketball coach and again if you're let, maybe you're done with podcasts you're going shopping now go down and click on our amazon link and uh, do some shopping that would we would really appreciate that all right have a great day Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.